Listening Dog Media. The Hot Mess Mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the Hot Mess Mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our Hot Mess Mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It is the Hot Mess Mums Club podcast. I'm Kelly Pegg. And I'm Jenny Powell with a weird hairdo today. You can't see it unless you're uh, looking at our little pictures, our little visuals. Oh, I'm loving it. We've got a wonderful guest on. Amanda, I need to check how to say your surname, which I should have done at the start of this. It's Amanda, is it Ashy? Ashy. That's right, Ashy. I got it. Who is a clinical nutritionist, mindfulness expert, yoga teacher. I mean, there's so many things that that you are and so many things that we've got to talk about today. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks again to Swan for sponsoring this episode of the Hot Mess Mums Club. We're giving away an incredible voucher for Swan's products worth £2,000 all across this series. We want to find the most deserving mum in the Hot Mess Mums Club and we need you to help us. To do this, all you need to do is go to hotmessmumsclub.com forward slash win and let us know all about the person you're nominating. Entries close at 23.59 on Thursday, the 3rd of December, 2020. After this, we'll go through all the entries before finding our hero mum of 2020. Good luck. The Hot Mess Mums. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. So whereabouts in America did you come from? I know you've been here for 20 years, but whereabouts in the US were you? Yeah, I grew up in Louisiana. Okay. Which is an interesting state. Um, So, (laughs) you know, you've got New New Orleans, which is beautiful and brilliant and it, it's you know it's it's quite liberal but the rest of the state is very conservative um mm-hmm. so i got out as soon as i could moved to la i worked i worked lived and worked in la for five years and then i've been in london since 2004 oh wow so quite a while yeah, yeah and such a change as well especially with the weather so la you've got the beautiful all-round sunshine and in london well it's uk isn't it so you never know what you've got hot <laughs> Never. And it, it actually, it took me about seven years to adjust to that. Um, yeah. No lie. I, it, yeah. it really impacted my mood and, and mm-hmm. um, Does. you know, yeah. And, um, and not only that, but I moved over when, um, you know, just going back a little bit politically when President Bush was president. And mm-hmm. so um, America wasn't very well liked. So I was very careful to even open my mouth for people to hear my accent because until Obama came into presidency, I didn't necessarily feel like it was safe to let people know that I was an American. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but yeah, yeah. So, um, and And you know, now we've reversed it with Trump. So (laughs) just, um, this is why I sound transatlantic because I feel like it's the safest thing to do. Yeah, I had the same problem because I actually came from um, Essex and now I live up in Cheshire and it took a long while for people to, you know, not not judge me from coming from Essex. (laughs) Now I'm a Chessex girl because (laughs) it is interesting, isn't it, how uh, it doesn't matter how the the distance isn't really it. It's just there's so many sort of like potted cultures um, that that exist in so many places, quite prevalent now as well, what's going on in the world. But um, 
Yeah, but you have this amazing karma um, and all the list of clinical nutritionists, mindfulness expert and yoga teacher, all the things I'd love to have done. I'd love to have ticked the box and done the course. And there you have, you've done it all, but with a difference as well, um, with a bit of a twist. Yeah, so I, you know, I used to work in your industry. I used to work in television and um, I did that for a while. And when I moved to the UK, I sort of, I was doing it and um, I was attempting to be a television producer in factual entertainment. Um, but it's it's probably better to have a British producer with British sensibilities when dealing with contributors and things mm. like that. So a pivotal time for you, just to change things up a bit, was 2017, wasn't it, Amanda? Where there's all sorts. Look at you all calm like that now. Oh, <laughs> wow, it was stormy days back then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a hot mess back then. <laughs> a hot mess, you see? For sure. For sure. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, 20, 2017, I sort of flipped my life on its head. Um, I guess that's what you're referring to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So, um, you know, my, my briefly, my story is that I, I went into recovery from addiction. I was, um, struggling with, um, dependency, alcohol dependency, um, for decades. And I went into recovery and it was, a, you know, after two years of trying through various outlets and, and then um, relapsing and, you know, to, what, what we call it in recovery is you, you think, oh, well, I'll just do a bit of market research and see if maybe if I only drink beer and not wine <sighs> and not gin, then I'll be okay. Or maybe if I only drink on the weekends, then I'll be, but it just doesn't work, right? So my market research told me that I had to um, just go completely sober. And in doing that, I, I sort of wakened up to my reality and um, felt everything because you have nothing now to kind of numb those hard feelings to, to escape your reality. So I was starting to see things really clearly and, and some, following that, some hard decisions had to be made. So my, my ex, um, Darren, who's a brilliant man and a brilliant father, and we co-parent beautifully together, um, we kind of came together with a lot of fear and a, and a lot of hurt and pain and, and decided it's time to dissolve the marriage, you know, and, and, and hold on to the aspects of the relationship that do work. So um, we did that. And, um, and, and then I, I kind of moved on further. And I, I met this woman who was a friend and uh, a really sort of, um, pillar of support in my life and as time went on I started to feel these things and I was like wait this uh this is not a friendship um this is a crush and um so I ended up now I'm in this like you know same-sex relationship with this woman who um we are you know figuring it out she's younger she's she's not a mom um that brings its own set of challenges um but we are, yeah, we're, we're walking this life together and, in a very conscious way and a very loving and supportive way and still a hot mess sometimes. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah, that'll yeah, never sure. leave you. But just the smile on your face, you know, just the, the sparkle in your eye. You're obviously, you know, you're just, yeah, you're still really happy with the decisions you've made and uh, the partnership you're in, which is just fantastic. And what about your girls then? Because you've got two, haven't you? You've got two. 
I do. So my oldest is seven, like, like yours, yeah. Kelly, and my youngest is six. And, um, and they, yeah, they're great. You know, it, it, it does sort of, there's this narrative around divorce that tells you you're going to ruin your children, right? You're putting yeah. your children at risk. And, I'm divorced. Um, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told you, yeah. you know, you're just a failure. You're a failure. And exactly. you're going to fail for your kids and your kids are going to fail. And exactly. Angst. Yeah. And you believe that to be true because it's it's so prevalent, this narrative, like two unhappy parents together is better than two happy parents apart. And that's just true, you know. And um, so they're, you know, they're actually great. They we Yesterday, we um, we had a family day. So Darren and I, we, we took the girls to Chessington, which is an interesting place. Um, not necessarily <laughs> the way I, I, I would have liked to spend my day, but we took them there and, and we're still a family. You know, we spent the whole day together and um, we take family photos and, you know, they, they hold our hands and we still swing them up in the air and they climb all over us. And so it's really, it's really nice, but we have our limits and we know that, okay, this is it now. Cause for, for many reasons, we dissolved our marriage. Yeah. And, um, and so, um, yeah, they get to still have that experience of being in a family, being a family, even though we're in two homes. That's mm-hmm, so lovely, know. though, because I think yeah. it's actually quite rare that, that, that when people divorce from the people I know and friends in my life, like my, my very close friends going through it at the moment, it's been going on forever, um, and her children are deeply affected and seeing a counsellor because it cannot be amicable. They won't, mm. they can't do what you're doing. Um, and, you know, the, 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 the father is... Um, uses the children as a weapon really uh so they've been deeply affected by it and i think that happens a lot so it's wonderful to to know of couples like you and your ex-partner who can do that because it isn't always possible it doesn't happen that way and i think that is when kids get more affected because it's it's less normal isn't it really you know and they're just torn you know they get um yeah you know i've got sort of a pretty amicable relationship but we don't ever met you 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 know, my, my, I mean, my youngest, she actually said to me, oh, you, you touched dad's arm when he came to the door last Friday. And I was like, oh, that's horrible. And she was like, ooh, that's so weird seeing my mum touch my dad's arm. And I was like, oh, God, what have I done? But it's all fine. <laughs> they're fine. They're fine. They're fine. But um, yeah. just to hear that you've been able to to work out that situation, have the situation you have is great. But it's not to say that for other people, you know, like me or whatever, who haven't got it, that thick. Well, nothing's ever idyllic, but that, no. that sort of satisfying scenario um, that it doesn't work because it does. And there's, you know, there's different ways of, of working around it. But I'm just intrigued because all the techniques you use, I presume, can really help your daughters, my daughters, um, never mind kids who are in, still in their, their original family unit. And that's why I'm yeah. so, I'm so, you know, I'm so excited for you and what you're doing. Yeah, I think, and I think that was a really important element um, in our our dissolving our marriage was that we we had this awareness, right? We we had this um, this sort of emotional intelligence that we called upon to help us because when there's pain and when there's betrayal and when people start arguing um, from a place of fear, then it will lead you down that path where it's damaging to not only to yourself, but to the children, because you mirror back to the children what's happening in your life. And, and they reflect back to you what they see in you. And, um, and I, I think that 
when when the children are involved and and sort of they see their parents as the leader, right? Glennon Doyle, she she um, uh, do you know who Glennon Doyle is? Yeah, she's. No, I um, don't. I wish I did. Because so, just from the smile on so, your face. <laughs> <laughs> so Glennon, Glennon Doyle, she's um, she's an author, right? She's written okay. three books, and um, she's going through um, a divorce and very amicable and. She was told when she was going through her divorce that parents are like the flight attendants, okay? And when you're on a flight and you're going through turbulence, oh, you kind God. of look yeah. at the flight attendant yeah. to say, to, and you look at the, the expression on her face and, and she's yeah. standing there or he's standing there and they look right. fine, they look calm, they look, everything is safe, don't worry. And so you adopt that yeah, emotion. Absolutely, state. yeah. So, you know, the parents have to be the flight attendants um, mm. in life. Yeah, that's so know. true. Yeah. Oh goodness. It, yes. It can, it can be. Used and I've always like, said to my kids, "Tea. Do you want sugar with that?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Obviously, sugar's poison. We don't have a lot of sugar, so don't, don't worry about it. We don't have any sugar. Well, sugar we have tons. Oh. We're cupboards full. I wish we didn't, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, do you? Think- I love that. Can I just? Is it Glenn? Who was it? I'm just going to do, guys. Oh, yeah. Just on the podcast, I'm just going to note down who you've just said. So it's Glenn and Doyle. Glennon Doyle, she just released her third book, which is called Untamed. Right. And um, it, it's kind of like making the rounds around the world right now. It's um, right. I should know. Okay. Kelly Pegg, Jenny Powell, Hot Mess Mums. We know that 2020 has been a difficult year for everyone. So we want to do something to make sure one mum has a Christmas to remember for the right reasons this year. Our friends at Swan are helping us do this by giving you a voucher for their products for a massive £2,000. Now, if you don't know about Swan, their homeware products are amazing. They're great quality, super stylish, and this money can go a long way to giving your home a facelift this Christmas. We want to find the most deserving mum in the Hot Mess Mums Club, someone who's had the most challenging 12 months. To find them, we want you to nominate someone you know that has gone above and beyond this year, being an incredible mum in the most trying times. To do this, all you need to do is to go to hotmessmumsclub.com forward slash win and let us know all about the person that you're nominating. Do it. Entries close at 23.59 on Thursday, 3rd of December, 2020. After this, we'll go through all the entries before finding our hero mum of 2020. Good luck. The Hot Mess Mums, Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. I've got to ask, um, obviously, when you were talking about being sober, do you think that that once you you embraced your sobriety, if you like, and decided that that was it, there would be no tipples here, there, it was gone. Did mm-hmm. that create a lot of clarity for you? Was that, mm. did a lot of lights go off? Okay, my marriage, this, that. Did you see things in a very different light once alcohol became part of your past? Yeah, for sure. Because, um, because the way I used it, I used it to escape. And, um, and, you know, you, you really go, you like, you have two choices in life, right? You, you stay conscious, or you go unconscious. And I was constantly going unconscious. And, um, mm-hmm. and so when, when you're unconscious and not connected to yourself, connected to the, you know, the glass in your hand, then you you have no clarity because you you don't know what you're feeling and your feelings tell you so much even though they're hard and even though they at at times it doesn't feel good to, to hold these feelings hold these emotions in your body 
um, they tell you so much. They, they reveal a lot that our feelings are our guides, you know. So when I was able to really um, understand what they were telling me and, and I was able to start to smell clearly. And I started, you know, I, I didn't respond well to AA, um, 12 step. And I know that it works for a lot of people, but for me, I, I didn't, I didn't respond because it, the fundamental teaching is that you're powerless and, and I wanted to be powerful. I wanted to be in control. And so that's why I gravitated more towards like yoga, mindfulness, meditation. And I did have a therapist, you know, and, and I think that is really helpful if, you know, the NHS offers it free or if you, if you're able, you can, you can go private. All of these elements were able to sort of support me to reconnect to myself because when you're struggling with dependency, whatever that might be, you're disconnecting yeah you well you're using it as well aren't you like you talk about the feelings it numbs everything doesn't it so when you don't have it you're feeling it in the raw and some people mm. you, you know it's sometimes it's the easier option I don't know if that's the right way of saying it but to drink it suppresses that so you're not mm. it's not quite as painful um for sure at times do you for think sure. I think with women, there's a lot of that, though, the dependency on alcohol. I think, especially when you become a mum, I think it's far more common than we realise. And I think with lockdown as well, we hear, you know, drinking has gone up like massive it's amounts. It's gone up over like nearly 70%, hasn't it, during COVID? Yeah. Something, some ridiculous figure. Don't quote me on that, but it's something mm. like that. Yeah, um, and it's worrying, is, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, there's there's the mummy wine culture, which um, obviously I, I was neck deep in, in in the early stages of motherhood and and I guess it's it's a way of connecting it's a it's a I mean come on like we know alcohol it's like it's a social tool right we use it to help us because many of us have social anxiety we don't realize um, so it, it brings calm into our momentary calm into our body and it allows yeah. us to relax and it allows us to talk freely and um, and I think that can appear to be useful, um, but you know it's it's one of those things that it's so socially acceptable that we're yeah. unable to see the the potential dangers. If mm. if people like me or many people out there, I mean, I, I speak to a lot of clients, a lot of moms who do struggle with it, and um, and you have that fear, right? That fear of like what. I can't be the only one not drinking at the pub. I can't be the only one. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a fear, you know. Especially in this country because immediately people go out of their way to make you feel boring. They yeah. can't believe it. The the conversations you have if you tell somebody you don't drink, the the way people react is alarming and it's like actually mm. have you ever considered you're the one that's got the problem because you need to drink and it and it's so I find it, it and it is because it's so socially acceptable but I think people who are who are sober who don't want to drink they are frightened sometimes to say that and I also think there's that whole thing of people immediately after they've ridiculed you go oh so were you an alcoholic then is that why is that why you <laughs> yes yeah. that as well I mean I, don't, I think it's in the UK because you know you can go into a supermarket at nine and drink yourself silly if you want I mean it's I have very strong opinions on some of it but 
um, it's it's almost sad, really, because it shouldn't matter, should it, if you're at a party no. and you're on orange juice no. and someone's on wine. No. Who cares? No. And I think I'm funnier. I think I'm a lot more fun. I think that <laughs> I'm definitely smarter with, yes. without drinking. Um, yeah. So, you know, there are so many um, positives that come from showing up and being with a group of women without, um, you know, knocking back five, six glasses of red. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's not going to change overnight. It's so deeply into it. It, it, mm. it will take time and it takes, it's hard for, for people to admit that they have a problem because of the shame around yeah. addiction. Um, but you know, it's not a disease, right? It's, it's, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just, um, it's your body's way of coping with what it felt was a threatening situation, you know? Mm-hmm. So you, you felt like you couldn't be in your reality. So your body is saying, okay, let me take you out of your reality because you'll feel better over here. Yeah. And that's and it. And when we look at it, yeah, hence what's happened uh, during um, COVID. Um, you know, you can see it's a crutch. Uh, but mm. that's why as well, what you're doing with mindfulness um, and yoga and all those things um, is an alternative and obviously a much better one. And nutrition too. You know, I think, you know, uh, some people went on a real sort of like health bout, that which hopefully they're, they're still doing because um, c- immunity is key now, I think, as well. Um but um, yeah. yeah, there are alternatives for that crutch. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, yeah, and and I think that the most important alternative is to go inward, right, and yeah. and con- connect to yourself and see where that takes you. You know, yeah. go on that journey. And, yeah, I'm um, loving it. I'm so inward. It's brilliant. I yeah. can't. I've never been so in in my life. <laughs> I'm the inniest in person in inland you'll ever inly meet, and I'm happy there. And I'm trying yeah, to tell other people, yeah, but I'm so in, I'm so in, I can't be out. Um, <laughs> That's a great slogan. But oh, I tell you what, I'm spreading the word. Yeah, there'll be. Uh, you know how in LA they've got all these little um, signs outside, like we were saying. Yeah, be kind, wear yeah. a mask. Mine's yeah. Be good to yourself. Be in, but don't stay yeah. in. Just be in, in, in yourself, not in and out. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's all good. What's next for you, Amanda? Obviously, is there anything else sort of on, you know, with what you're doing, you're obviously loving it and you're making a massive difference. Mm. Is there anything else you sort of on your agenda that you'd like to achieve within this, the next step or? Yeah, well, actually, um, so I I just recorded a seven-day online social emotional well-being course for children um, around ages like seven to 11, but it could go younger. It could go a bit older. So I'm in the process of editing that right now and um, that will be released far and wide soon. And I think like a lot of people um, next is, is like really looking at the quality of my life and, Mm -hmm. and maybe trying to find a place geographically that suits me better than London. London, <laughs> I imagine London obviously is, I love visiting London, but it is, cities are difficult to live in, aren't <clears> they? I mean, we moved <throat> from Manchester and I'm a country girl. So for me, it just made I just wanted to be in the green in the middle of nowhere again. You did the right thing because um, also, yeah. you know, with what's happening, you don't want to be in a city. No, and I, I, 
I think there's I mean, nothing for you in the city right no, now. No, it's except, a, except for traffic and that's it. It's a cra- It's hard, isn't it? And the noise switching off from it. I imagine, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, especially with what you do. You, you know, your <laughs> yoga practicing all the the mindfulness, and then it's a whole lot of noise in London. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just one of those. It's it must be hard. How do you switch off from it all when you are in it? Um, yeah, I. I just keep my practice up. So if, if I have to have like a routine, so I often do like 40 day, um, meditation thing. Otherwise it, it, it's so easy to draw. It's like going to the gym. As soon as you take one day off the gym, it's hard to get back. So, um, I, I, I stick with my practice. I, I have Rachel, my partner who, um, she's, she's very similar to me. So we have each other to support each other, which is so, um, key when you're, when you're starting this, journey in right mm-hmm. um to have that support um and and that's that's basically what what i do i listen to music um that's my thing like i'm always revisiting my old favorites like tori amos because oh. um Yes. Sorry, Master of the Bus. I didn't expect that one to come out of Love it. Okay, well, if we're all doing that, I listened to Billy Joel yesterday. Okay. Love Billy Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that's basically it. You know, just just fine tuning that present moment awareness always, every day. Do you think you go back to America and live somewhere like California? Because California is very laid back, isn't it, in certain parts? Yeah, not so much is. now. Am I? Am I? No, I haven't been to America for a few years. No. It's just it's just so polarized at the moment. I, I honestly couldn't imagine being there. In fact, right now, raising my children, being in a same sex relationship, it's actually quite amazing to be in London because there is a lot of diversity there is a lot of yes. inclusivity oh, yeah so um so I'm, I'm quite happy to be here now but mm-hmm. I think two three years when when they're like 10 and 9 and 10 yeah seaside beach somewhere Portugal, yeah. fresh fish Portugal but yeah, yeah. there's lots of land there lots yeah. of land they're a bit more laid back with what's going on that's where yeah yeah. Right, so well I'll see you there, Amanda. Yeah, let's 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 start our own little commune. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly? Uh, I'm in. I'm totally in. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, it's been Amanda. lovely meeting you. Yeah. And having you on and hearing yeah. your story. Thank you. And stay in touch. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks, you yeah. guys. Keep Love your fireplace, laugh. by the way. Lovely. Oh, cheers. Oh, and look, <laughs> there's Toremos right there. Oh, Yay! you see? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got anything of Billy Joel's in here. That'd be weird. Our hot mess mums, telling it like it is. Kelly Pegg with Jenny Powell. Thanks again to Swan for sponsoring this episode of the Hot Mess Mums Club. We're giving away an incredible voucher for Swan's products worth £2,000 all across this series. We want to find the most deserving mum in the Hot Mess Mums Club and we need you to help us. To do this, all you need to do is go to hotmessmumsclub.com forward slash win and let us know all about the person you're nominating. Entries close at 23.59 on Thursday, the 3rd of December, 2020. After this, we'll go through all the entries before finding our hero mum of 2020. Good luck. <laughs>